Aren't you glad for the grace of God? Amen. Thank you for all the special singing tonight. Uh, Bless my heart. Got me prepared for the message, even though I'm the one to give the message tonight. And uh, I have enjoyed being here uh, again, as always. And my prayers are with you um, when I'm not here. I pray for you often. And, um, and I would covet your prayers um, for my feet. I do have an appointment now for an MRI and this coming week, and I'm hoping and praying that they, in a way I'm praying they do find something. There's got to be something because of the pain I'm, I've been in here for almost three years now. But uh, if they don't find something, I'm going to just mark her up that it's a thorn in the flesh that God wants me to uh, put up with. Amen? And, and without complaining. And uh, so, but I sure love you, church. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 13. We read this verse last night. We're going to review a little bit and get right into the message uh, for tonight. And um, last night's title was The Ableness of God. I thought I would, would be preaching tonight on the power of prayer, but I didn't finish last night, so I'll just go ahead and finish this message tonight. And um, let's stand for the reading of the Bible. This is one of Paul's greatest prayers. Uh, and many times, as I have said, Paul was writing letters back to people that he had never even met. Um, He was writing letters to people that he had never really met before. But he was always sending prayers back to his churches. Uh, He was a true uh, evangelist. He didn't just preach and and got a love offering and forgot the people. His heart was with the people when he left, and he stayed in touch with them. And, um, and that's what uh, Brother Beckham tries to do, too. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 13, the Bible says, Wherefore I desire, Paul said, I desire that ye faint not, or do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. And again, I'll say this was one of Paul's greatest prayers, and it's, it's a prayer from the heart of the Apostle Paul. He, he had a heart for these people, he had a love for these people, and he prayed some uh, very, very, very important things for them. And guess what? I have, I have prayed this prayer for you. Matter of fact, I have prayed this prayer for this church uh, many times. And um, I pray, this is a prayer that if a church calls me and says, Brother Beckham, are you remembering us in prayer? I said, yes. And I tell them what I prayed. I have prayed Ephesians chapter 3 for you uh, this week or, or last week. And um, you say, oh, no, don't pray these prayers for me. It's too late. I've already done it. 
And, uh, and so just, just as the Lord starts speaking to you about these prayers, uh, just, just do what he tells you to do, okay? Obey him. If you know to do good, do with it not. What is it? It's sin. And we don't, we, we, we don't have time to be in sin because there's so many. I, I was trying to count them, all these surgeries that are taking place in your family here, uh, all these problems that you're facing. And, and as I was sitting there, and I'm thinking, Lord, don't let, don't let me live in sin because I love these people and I want to be able to pray for them. I want to be able to lift them up uh, because they, some of the, all of this is very serious, these ailments that you're having, all these surgeries and people being shot and all this stuff. That's serious stuff. We need to be able to pray for these people. Amen. Yeah. Be, be a good brother. Be a good sister. Be a praying brother. Be a praying sister for all these people that's in your own family here. Father, I love you. I thank you for this wonderful day that you have given me. And Father, the fellowship with Pastor earlier and uh, Sister Reno too, and even earlier today with Pastor, and thank you. And Father, I pray now, Lord, it's, it's my, my, my last message for this, this time. And Lord, I, I just pray that my heart will be sensitive. My heart will be loving and Lord, I can that I can feel and sympathize as I as I bring the message. And Lord, I pray that you will uh, just just help just just help the nation, help the world. God, help help us as Christian people to live a life before the nation and before the world that they can see you in us. Lord, that's so important to me. I want people to see you in me. And Lord, I just asked you one more thing. Lord, bless Berean Baptist Church. Continue to bless it. Continue to grow it. Continue to mature it. Give Brother Reno, my dear brother, Lord, give him wisdom. Lord, how to lead this great ministry. I sure love you. Thank you. Pray for that lost person tonight to be saved before they leave this building. Thank you. Love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Last night I gave you the first point that Paul prayed that the saints would be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm one of these preachers that believes in the Holy Spirit, uh, being guided by the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and love through you and, and all the things that he does for you. And then the Bible says in uh, Ephesians 6 and verse 10, he says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
And then he quotes for Ephesians 3.16, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You said, Brother Beckham, I know you told us last night the reason and the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And let me just give them to you real quickly again. To be strengthened by the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives. And the reason is we have so many trials that we have to face on a daily basis. And and it's hard to face those things in the flesh. Our flesh is weak. And our flesh will give in uh, to the world. But see, the Spirit of God will not. He will be strong. And he will give you that strength to be able to stand in these trials that you are having to face. Temptations. Every day people are falling into temptation and falling away from Christ. Preachers are falling like flies across the world. 1,500 preachers, I've been told, a month quit the ministry. I've been told 2,000 churches a year shuts their doors. You know why? Because they, they fall into temptation and they fall into sin. And, and uh, you know, when that happens, you can mark her down. They are not walking in the Spirit. They are not letting, they are not letting the Spirit guide them. You can mark her down. That's not happening. And then uh, the Spirit of God is inside of us to help bear the trials and resist temptations, but to carry out His commands. Some of the commands of this Bible, they are pretty tough, aren't they? But, but we don't have to do them in our flesh. We, can, we, can, we have the Holy Ghost that, that he's our paraclete. He's the one that stands right here on the side of us. Matter of fact, he lives inside of us. And he helps us to be able to, to do every command, every command that God gives us. He gives us strength to be able to do those things. And then he helps us to live by faith. People are walking by sight right now. Uh, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people are walking by sight. That's the reason why you see them up and down, in and out. You see people in church like like yo-yos. They are up and down, in and out. And one day they're reading the Bible. The next day they're not reading, don't even have a desire to read the Bible. One day they're out door knocking, winning souls, and another week down the road. Uh, and what, what has happened here? What's happened? They haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to work in their life. And, and, and when I pray that prayer, I pray it sincerely, Pastor, that, that Berean Baptist Church will allow the Holy Ghost to work in your hearts. That's, that's not a doctrine just for preachers or for deacons or Sunday school. That's a doctrine for every Christian that claims to know Christ. We need to allow the Holy Ghost to work in our lives. You've got to do that. And then I want you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. 
in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit. When does the fruit of the Spirit come into our lives? And I have said it here before. I said it last night four or five different ways. At the time of your salvation, at the time of your conversion, uh, the Holy Ghost of God moved into your life. The moment that you cried out to God in repentance and asked God to come into your life, at that very moment, the Holy Ghost moved into your heart. Amen. And, and I am so glad. Uh, but I see so many people sitting in churches. They are not loving. They are not joyful. They are not peaceful. And it makes me doubt. It really does. And, 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 and when I get to talk to you on a, on a personal level, I often say to a person that doesn't, that doesn't have the love of Christ in their heart and they don't have this joy of the Lord in their life and they don't have uh, uh, the peace of God, many times I'll say, listen, I'm not a judge, but I'm just, I'm just want to ask you a question. Are you sure that you're in the family of God? Are you sure that you have repented of your sins and asked God to save you because you're sure not loving? You're sure not joyful. You're sure you don't have the peace of God in your heart. Would you, would you, would you do me a favor and you a favor, sir, ma'am? Would you check up and make sure you're in the family of God? And then I want you to notice I stopped last night on, on the peace of God. Um, people will tell me often, Brother Beckham, uh, I, I really, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about my preacher, but if it wasn't for him, I would have the peace of God in my life. Us preachers gets blamed for a lot of stuff. But uh, I'll tell you one thing, it's not his fault. If you don't have the peace of God in your life, it's not my fault either. Don't look at me that way. I'm not going to let you blame me for that. And if I don't, listen, if I don't have the peace of God in my heart, it's not my brother's fault. It's not Jeanette's fault. It's not my children's fault. It's not my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren. It's, it's not your fault. You know whose fault it is? If I don't have the peace of God in my life, it's Benny Lee Beckham. Benny Lee Beckham. My mother, when I got in trouble, she would say, Benny Lee, come here. My dad would say, Benny Lee, I knew I was in trouble. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, Benny Lee, yes, sir. And, and he'll talk to me and he'll, he'll straighten me out. Have you ever been there? Am I the only one? Am I, I am the only one? Okay, you're just nodding your head to that guy. Uh, but anyway, I'm not the only one. Uh, you, you have that problem too. But look at that word peace with me just for a few moments here because I didn't really go into it much last night. But, but the first three virtues somehow linked together in a particular way. Uh, I talked about love and love is the foundation of the Christian faith. 
And I, and I quoted Galatians 5, 13 and 14 last night. And then I said this, where there is love in the heart, joy is sure to follow, and this will bring peace. It is the desire of our Lord that all of his children will possess peace. Now, there are three of them. There is the, the, the justification peace. When you, get, when you get born again, when you receive Christ as your Savior, that peace comes into your heart. That's justification peace. And then there's a great peace, a great peace. And you have that great peace when you uh, keep your mind on the things of God. And then there's the perfect peace. Uh, as you live for God, you have that perfect peace. I'm selfish in this way. I'll say sometimes I, I'm just selfish. Uh, if there's five things, three things, ten things that the Bible tells me I can have, I want all five of them. If there's ten, I want all ten of them. You know why? Because that's the will of God for my life. And that's the will of God for your life. Uh, to have all three of those peace. And I'll say it again, where I get that it's your fault and it's my fault if we don't have the peace of God is found in Galatians chapter 3, verse 15. I read it here 10 years ago at least. Let me read it to you again. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. The Bible says, Not Brother Beckham, not Brother Reno, not any other preacher, but the Bible says, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he said, And let the peace of God, and let, that word let means that's, that's our responsibility. It's up to us to let the Holy Ghost rule in our lives. And I have found where the Holy Spirit is ruling in your life and you have the peace of God in your life, you will not have any problem with this exhortation, pray without ceasing. You won't have any trouble at all with that exhortation, First Timothy, uh, I mean First Thessalonians 5, 17. And then pray everywhere. Paul says uh, another exhortation, a command from God in First uh, Timothy, 2 8 and then Isaiah 26 verse 3 keep our minds stayed on him and then Psalms 119 165 love his word all of those commands uh, are, are things that the Holy Spirit helps us to do now, you might be able to do those things in the flesh for a while, but the flesh is going to get weary. And you're going to be like, like I said, you're going to be up and down, up and down. We do not need the up and down believers. We need, we need people to keep going and, and stand strong and stand up for Christ and allow the Holy Ghost to do these things in your life. And then we come to the next thing that I closed, I closed last night with the word long-suffering. I don't think I even mentioned the word long-suffering, but it's our next word. It's our next uh, part of this fruit of the Spirit. And uh, it means simply to suffer long. And let me ask you a question. Uh, are you sweet and serene and, and calm all the time under all circumstances? Huh? Are you? 
You said, nope, I'm not. Thank you for being honest. I'm not either. I wish I could tell you I was sweet all the time, but I have my wife sitting right here. Amen. And so uh, no need to lie to you because she could stand and say, oh, no, he's not always sweet and serene and calm. And, and even today I wasn't calm in a certain situation. And the Holy Spirit said, when you get on that, uh, on that long suffering, I'm going I'm to make you confess it before the whole church. You shouldn't have done that today. And, and so I, had, I wasn't calm about a certain situation. And, uh, and, and I, had, I had to bow my head right there in the, in the little dining area and say, God, forgive me. And, uh, and then the devil said, now why did you do that? You don't need to, you can get mad if you want to. It's okay for you to get mad. And, uh, and the Lord said, now, Benny, don't listen to the devil don't listen to him. You have done right. Just keep doing right. And I'll, I'll help you to bring the message tonight. But if you don't do right, I'm going, I'm going to make you confess everything in front of the church. And I said, oh, boy. Okay, Lord. I, I'm sorry. Amen. And I hope, and the Lord may be talking to you right now. You may have had a rough day and, and you haven't been calm and you haven't been long-suffering towards somebody that may be uh, just agitating you, bothering you. And uh, it doesn't matter what they do to you. We are to be long-suffering. You know why? Because Christ is long-suffering towards us. Do you know when Christ was uh, railed on and, and talked about and, and all these things happened to him, you know he didn't say nothing back? Did you know that? He just kept his mouth shut. Do you realize that when he went to the judgment and to all he would have had to say was, I'm not the son of God. And they would have allowed him to walk. But you know, the Bible says he opened not his mouth, just stood there. And his accusers were pointing their fingers at him and chewing him up with their tongue and their mouth. But he didn't say a word. He just stood there and looked at them. He was weak at that time. They had already beaten him. And he and he he might have he been there and he might have been wobbly. Just, you know. They beat him so bad they couldn't even tell who he was. But he didn't open his mouth. Do you know why he didn't open his mouth? It wasn't because of him. It was because of you and me. He knew us even back then, even before the foundation of the world. He knew, he knew that we were going to be born again because he prayed that we would be born again. Oh, my. When I read, when I read passages like that about Christ, Isaiah 53, Psalms 22, and all those chapters, my heart just... just jumps inside of my chest and I'm thinking mm, 
but I get a little hurt and a little agitated, and then I want to blab my mouth. But not Jesus. He didn't do it, church. He stayed quiet. Amen. I don't know if it was my mother, grandmother, someone said to me years ago, Benny, do Benny Lee, do you know why God gave you two ears and one mouth? No, no, ma'am. Well, he gave you two ears because he wanted you to listen twice as much as he wants you to talk. Yes, ma'am. Hmm? Yeah. It would really do us good to listen more than it does for us to blab. Especially if we are mad. Especially if, if we're not calm and serene. Uh, it may be best just be quiet. You agree? Yeah. And then gentleness. Uh, and, and guys, listen. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt us to be gentle. It doesn't take away from your manhood. You can still be macho. Amen. And But we can be gentle because, see, the Holy Spirit is gentle. Christ was gentle. Amen. And we, too, are to walk as he walked. See, gentleness is thoughtful consideration, Kurt. Uh, courteous, kindly actions, delicate ministering of love to one another. See, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 reminds us that love suffers long and it's kind. And Ephesians 4, 32 says, even though others may tax our patience, we may be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So let's be gentle. Let's be kind. Because when you are, you're following Christ. You're walking as Christ walked. And then there's goodness. We as believers must learn with Paul. For I know that it, that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. But when we were born again, we became God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, Ephesians 2.10. And look with me at Titus chapter 3, 1. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. That's a command again. All through the Bible we are commanded to do this. And then there's faith. Then there's meekness. Then there's temperance. Are these nine things active in your life? It's one thing to hear it, 
It's another thing to let it seek in. That's what I'm doing. I never want to be guilty of just preaching a message. I want it to seek into my heart too. If there's anybody in this room needed these messages and all the messages that I preach in a year's time or have preached in the last 55 years, I know one person that really needed every one of them. It was me. I needed, I needed what I what I have preached here this week. I'll, I need what I'm going to be preaching next week in a brand new church. Takes me all the way back to the to the foundational messages that God gave me to to start this ministry. Haven't preached them in quite a while. But next week in a new church, I'll be dealing. And again, you'll be preaching to me. Me. I need them. If you don't need them, just sit there and let me soak it up. Because I do. I need them every day. I need to hear these, these messages about the Spirit of God just like the day in a, in a flash, I was not calm. Something, something happened, and I was not calm. Just like that, bam. I didn't, I didn't throw uh, chairs across your mission house. I didn't knock out windows. I didn't put my fist through the wall. You don't need to uh, worry about any of that. But just there for a split second, I was not calm. And I said, I said something. I had to say, God, forgive me. Have you ever been there? I'm going to give the invitation here in a minute. And um, uh, because people don't believe this, but I do from time to time. I think I've done it twice in 21 years and be preaching, be preaching the message and the Holy Spirit pricks my heart. I remember one night I just, and I think I've told you this before, I just shut my notes. I shut my Bible. I said, church, if you have to leave, leave, but I hope no one will leave. I must go to the altar. I hadn't been preaching but maybe 15, 20 minutes, and I went to the altar, and the people told me I stayed down there about 30 minutes. But when I got up, because I was, I, I was, I was struggling, that first 15, 20 minutes, I was struggling. I wasn't able to preach. I was quenching the Holy Ghost. But after I got up from there, I had all the liberty in the world to preach the gospel. And, and, and the same way with you, the Holy Spirit may be talking to you and you have been miserable for the last 20, 30 minutes here tonight and the Holy Spirit's talking to you and you're miserable. You know what you need to do? 
You need to just shut your notebook of the world, just shut it up. Come to the altar and ask God to forgive you. And just start over. Just start over. That's a good way to do it. I love you. Let's stand for the, for the invitation as our pianist comes and plays a song of her choice. And, and um, you mind God. I just, during invitations, I let my hand hang. I, I don't, I don't try to, I don't I ever be, I, I never want to be guilty of drawing people, Benny Beckham drawing people to the altars. I despise that. Right now, as folks are coming,